Greetings, fellow investigators. Welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled Homecoming. It was written by Thomas McKeon, who is also our game master. This is episode 13, and I will be doing the recap as Clifton Hawk. So, without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. <clears throat> Growing up surrounded by dark, shadowy forests, you know that there are spooky things out there. Arkham, Massachusetts has a reputation for ghosts and strange occurrences. God knows we've seen our share. You'd think that when you left the forest for the big city, you'd get away from all of that, but here we are. The forest is replaced by skyscrapers and the shadows are deeper still. And the ghosts, well... <laughs> we stood in the doorway of Miss Tally Darby, a woman we have guessed was involved with Timothy Tucker. Her place was what you might expect from a cheap carnival fortune teller. All the trappings, including a mock shrine to Egyptian animal-faced gods. We searched for occupants, but it was obvious the place had been abandoned for a while. I went upstairs to make sure. There was a parlor, probably used for consultation before doing some sort of a seance. It's a wonder people fall for that shit, but then the common man is pretty damn gullible. I say this, even in light of what happened next. As I approached an adjoining door, I became overwhelmed with foreboding, like with the mirrors. I wonder if, in fact, I've become sensitive to these sort of things. As it turns out, William seems more sensitive than I am. Once inside, he became possessed by the spirits of the dead. If it were anyone outside of our circle, I would say it was bullshit, but not William. Something had him, and it spoke through him. A woman's voice looking for her child, a soldier, Jeremy White Anthony. His eyes rolled up into the back into the back of his head, and then our old colleague, Gregory Norcross, who had vomited out the Crimson Beast and killed Al McKernan. It, it also killed other students. Then it killed poor Caleb Winchell before we could stop it. Gregory spoke from those lips, calling out doom, doom. I dragged William out of there, and I set him on the couch. The others looked around the seance room freely and felt nothing. They were as surprised as I was. A magic circle composed of layers of foreign text decorated the ceiling, and four fucking mirrors sat around a central table. Only William and I could feel that the room was full of the dead. After that, we did a little snooping around. There was a rather extensive library of general occult nonsense until Felix discovered an 1839 printing of von Junz's Unersprechlichen Kulten with about two-thirds roughly translated. This was one of the dreaded three that Armitage and Hewitt warned me about, and I thought it best that I ship this off to the Arcane Society as soon as possible. Felix was already a little shaky, you know, ever since he saw Sterling's horrible fate. I tried to stop him from even glancing into the black book, but he saw some of the illustrations and became quite unnerved, poor Felix. Tally was a person like so many others before her who went looking for a means of contacting the other side, and unfortunately she succeeded. 
the cost of success is usually madness, but uh, maybe her experience as a medium may have buffered the effects of so dangerous a book. She was a translator, it was obvious from the general nature of most of her papers. Some of her letters have, uh, were of thanks uh, for a job well done. Many of the texts she had been working on were from Lowe Memorial Library at Columbia University, so there was a lead we can follow. Someone there named Guy may be able to tell us more about her. How she came to know Timothy is a mystery itself, but it became obvious there was something between them. Tim had painted her portrait, which hung in her boudoir. Most of her clothes were still there, and the kitchen showed signs of them leaving rather abruptly. One final anomaly. Her upstairs room, where she did most of her translation, was a mess. The window open, papers scattered about. There was a typewriter, which seemed completely contrary to her usual style. A typed letter confessed her love for Timothy and supported the idea that their departure was a planned event. But I have to call bullshit. This just doesn't seem right. Thank you, Tom. All right. So, we're all in the house. Hawk, uh, Postgate, uh, Thompson uh, are upstairs, while Tommy, William, and Fowler are downstairs on the first floor. So let's start with the people upstairs. What would you like to do now? You've just gone over the note. Well, it does seem obvious that if they had planned leaving, they would have packed suitcases with clothes. They would have, they would have prepped, but the place does not look like they prepped. Food left out on the counter downstairs and all those clothes in the, in the closet. Yeah, I think the last time I, I wanted to uh, look about the room to see if there was maybe any further clues of tampering from maybe a third party. Uh, in this room, I mean, the window's been open and the papers are kind of blown all over the place. Uh, it's difficult to see if anything's been in the papers have been rifled through since they're kind of all scattered among the floor. Um, but you can see that it's just, uh, no, no real signs of any tampering or anything like that. Okay. Uh, now, you also wanted to go up to the attic. Right. Which we did not do. Are all the uh, other other uh, rooms on this floor taken care of? Yes. The attic okay. is the only one remaining. All right. Let's, let's do that. I remember pulling down the, uh, the ladder for the... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. All right. Um, so, Thompson, are you going to go alone? I would prefer somebody with a gun and, and maybe a bit more uh, weight on them to, to go ahead of me. Well, I'll go up instead. I mean, you're, you're seriously, you were injured. Yeah. Climbing the ladder might not be that easy for you, but... Yeah, I'm still cast up, I believe. So I'm yeah. gonna go carefully and poke my head up there. Um, okay. So what about postgate? So uh, if Thompson's kind of at the base uh, of the of the ladder and you're kind of poking your head up, where's postgate in all of this? Um, I believe he's um, in Istanbul. He's in the future in Istanbul. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where's Felix? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Where's Felix? I'm 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 going to be um, well. I'm I'm coming up behind Hawk in a, in a gentlemanly way. <laughs> Not in a nasty way. Um, um, and um, I, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I want to go and look in, 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 in the attic, but I'm, I'm feeling a bit reticent. So I'm, I'm going to let Hawk go in first and then I'll follow him in um, unless something grabs him. Okay. So Hawk, since you're the, the first one in, um, as soon as you kind of pop your head up, uh, you're kind of hit in the face with something, uh, something light. Uh, it's just like a little chain for a, for a bulb that kind of dangles above you. It's very dark. Um, it's a very, uh, short attic. You've lived in New England. They have very short attics. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, but you can see that there's kind of stuff cluttered all over. Uh, so I pulled the light thing. Uh, the light does not work. That's right. The power is out. Um, did we bring... We've got flashlights, don't we? Yeah. Also, yeah. You guys have flashlights. I'll pop out my flashlight and shine it around up there. Okay. Um, so what you see is uh, mainly just boxes all over the place. Um, you can see that some of these boxes are open. Um, are they all dusty? They're all dusty. Some of the the ones that are open, you can see uh, like there's like very old like niqabs, like dresses. Um, there's on a on a dis, like on a uh, on a display mannequin. You can see that there's a, an army uniform, kind of like set in a corner. Uh, pictures are laid up uh, against one wall. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, in one area, uh, in one little clearing of the attic, you can see that there's a rocking chair with uh, a little rag doll um, that was m probably played with by a young girl. Oh, hell, we're getting out of here now. I don't want those rag dolls. If when I look around the, uh, the entrance to the attic, are there, is there any indication that anybody's been up here in years? No, no. The dust is so layered that you would have seen a footprint or a hand person like that. You're the first one to be up here in a long time. Yeah. I, uh, I climb back down the ladder and I say, nobody's been up there in years. There's old boxes, probably from her father, uh, probably just from the past. But uh, there's no indication that anybody's been up there for years. Not sure what we would find up there. <clears throat> but if you want to go up, I just like I say, uh, what are you? What are you looking for? We're just trying to find out where she went. I'm sure there's a lot of interesting stuff up there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's. Well, I, I'll go up there. I mean, I'll I'll search if. Uh, right. So I'll do my search. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. go back down to the the room where we found the uh, the typewriter, and I'm just gonna sort of try to collect all of the papers and do a quick cursory look through them while they go up there. Sure. Oh, yes, I'll, I'll I'll go up in the in, in the attic as well and, and help look through there just just in case there's something interesting. Sure. Uh, I apologize if I'm constantly moving around. I have chigger bites all up and down my foot, so it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, okay, 
So um, give me, both of you, a spot hidden. I didn't get it. I got a 97. I got a 20 out of 68. Oh, look at that. Yeah, you see the same stuff that Hawk saw. Oh, right. Okay. You know, right. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything up here. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I can't. I can't find anything. Let's let's head back down. Okay. Um, as you guys begin kind of climbing down the uh, the ladder, and Hawk, as you're kind of picking up the papers, a lot of them are. Um, you can see that a lot of them are uh, typed out versions of the translations. Um, so that so you can see that they're like layered on top of one another. There's a page of type stuff beneath that, the exact same thing written longhand, so on and so forth. Um, so, but you're just grabbing papers. Lots of them look scholarly, but as you guys are climbing down, you hear a breeze above you in the attic and maybe like a creek. Uh, Postgate, since you're the, you, you were the first one up, I'm gonna say you're the first one coming down. Epson. God damn it, yeah. people. Uh, it's been so long. Uh, Felix, what you're seeing as you climb down, there's nothing around you, but there's definitely footsteps, very soft. You can hear the boards creaking. And just just to clarify, they, these these are footsteps that are coming from the attic. The attic. They're not they're not coming from above the attic. Yeah, there you can you'll hear one, and then if you were to look in that direction, nothing there. For a few moments, there's no sound, and then another creak. Um, I'm I'm gonna uh, wave my my uh, flashlight in the direction. Of the uh, of the strange music that I can be playing, and um, I'm I'm going to say uh, hello. Is 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 there anybody there? No sound. Nothing. And uh, and Thompson, you can hear this too. You can hear footsteps. Um, you can see. Uh, you can see that Henry is above you, just stationary. He's not moving, and he and he calls out. So you're 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 right there. You can hear everything. You may not be able to see what's up there, but you can hear everything. I'll <clears throat> I'll go back up and look around again. Um. You go around and you look around, you spend, you know, a good 45 seconds just kind of looking around um, and you see nothing. I'll, I'll, I'll stand still for a minute to hear if, if I hear the, the, the sounds again, if I hear like these, these footsteps or whatever the hell it was. Or if you're... Um, yeah, uh, it's very distinct. There's no other sound, so I won't make you do a listen roll. Um, there's, there's nothing. Is, is there a, a distinct um, 
finite area from which the sounds of the footsteps are coming. Yeah, there was a clearing um, that was approaching, that, that goes from the, the entrance kind of deeper into the attic, and it sounds like it was from coming from that direction. And the footsteps, one would happen, you'd say, you'd look around, they'd stop, and then another one closer, but there's nothing. I'm going to just cautiously sort of get a bit closer to to the area from which the sounds are coming and um, just start scanning the floorboards with my with my flashlight it, it initially to see if there's any sign of footprints but but also just just in case I'd, I'd like to see what happens um, if there's if there's any movement of the floorboards when the sounds come, just just to make sure it's not the wind getting under the floorboards or something. Um, as you you walk, you can definitely you know you can definitely hear the boards creak under your weight. As you go deeper in, the hair on the back of your neck stands straight up. I'm going to stop at this point. And you don't really know what's going on. You've got goosebumps, chills. It's a difficult <clears throat> feeling to describe, but you're feeling uncomfortable. Um, is, is there anybody there? Um, knock once for yes, if you can hear me. Nothing. I don't think I could have handled it if someone knocked at that point. Um, okay, I'm just going to stand there for a moment and listen just to see if I can hear it again. Nothing. No sound. All right, well, there's nothing we can do up here then. No, um, I, 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 I think I'd quite like to leave at this point anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. All right, so let's jump back downstairs. Um, so what are Tommy, William, and Fowler doing? Um, I am going to basically keep searching through all these books. That's what we were doing last time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and Fowler, what you're seeing is a lot of it is just uh, books from uh, Columbia, Low Memorial specifically. Um, whatever ones that are in, uh, in other languages, there is, like, if you were to continue searching around, you may find, like, an associated, like, handwritten packet um, of a translation. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's really all you, uh, you find. What is uh, what's Tommy and William doing? I know that Tommy uh, was in the kitchen and you found the, the kind of claw marks and the, the wood grain. Uh, I think considering the events earlier, William's just happy to kind of rest on the couch while the guys are investigating. Sure. Um, those, uh, those scratch marks and you mentioned something about seeing dried blood. Yes. In scratch marks, you can see dried blood. 
actually oh in so like someone scratched it with like bloody fingers or something like that or they started dragging and their nails popped up yeah um is there any way can i tell how old or fresh it is i'll give you um what should that be a medical forensic science uh, i'll say uh i'll say a medical I got one in medicine, or I do have thirty in first aid. It's got to be medicine. It's got to be medicine. It's forensic science. Right. Um, Here we go. Nope, twenty-six. You want to spend luck points? <laughs> <laughs> Not that much. Okay. Um, they, it's definitely dried. Like it's been here for a while. Um, okay. It's 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 brown. It's it's been set into the grain. Okay, yeah. Um, and does it, it doesn't look like, no, I guess I wouldn't know that. I was going to say, it doesn't look like it was a big pool of it on the floor and that someone tried to clean it up and it was just the stuff that they couldn't get in the roof. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no indication of, a, of staining or anything like that. The only staining that you see is the deep red splock marks of, uh, and, 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 uh, and drag marks of someone being clawed against the floor so could i turn around and see like if someone were being dragged and they were using their hands to stop themselves what would they be drugged towards like the back door or a, a basement door or anything like that um no i mean the only uh rooms so you've got the dining room and then you've got the foyer that leads to the front door and then the stairs that's really about it um tommy as you're looking around uh, give me a listen roll. Hmm. Uh, I think that's yeah, sixteen. That is yeah. That's almost an extreme. So um, it's it's like background noise. If you weren't paying attention, if it weren't so quiet, you may not be able to pick it up. But you hear whispers as you focus on them. You hear Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Like it's just, it's, it's your name. And slowly the voices get louder and that stops, and then almost right in your ear, in your ear, your left ear, you hear Tommy just and whispered. I, I don't think there's anyone there because I'm pretty much sure I'm alone in this room. But I you're you are alone. You can hear Fowler in the other room, ruffling through books. William is on the uh, it's on the couch, and when you turn around, there's no one there. But you have this like pit in your stomach, like a, like a queasiness. Who, who is it? I say that. Uh, William and Fowler, you hear Tommy go, go, who is it? Tommy, are you okay? He shouts from <laughs> just across the room. Scared the bejesus out of me. 
Are you guys messing about? Knock it off, you two. Have you made any tea yet, Tommy? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for the tea leaves. I, I can't find the bloody tea. All right. Uh, anything else from the downstairs, gang? No, I'll just, after nope. that exchange, I'll just kind of stand still in the kitchen and just kind of wait for anything to happen. And, I'll, just, head, and I'll head to the kitchen. Okay. Um, upstairs. Um, so with the attic searched, is there anything else you want to do up here? Um, we're, we're the upstairs crew. You're the upstairs crew. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're slightly more. Um, Upscale. Yeah, we're, we're a bit more with it. Down with the kids. Well, um, go ahead. Well, um, I'm. I was just planning on just backing out of of the attic, um, but but very much keeping an eye on that area where where the sounds were emanating, and sort sure. of having my my flashlight trained on it. Um, less in expectation of a spectral event, and and more just because I'm a bit worried that someone might sneak up on me. Of course. Yeah, there is a... Man, as you go down, nothing happens. Uh, Thompson, are you are you going to go back to the, the base floor as well? Yeah, I'm going going back down. Okay. Uh, Hawk? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you... You said you were uh, kind of grabbing the papers. Um, your arm is kind of just like full of them. Like well, I kind of just shuffled them all together and set them on the thing, I look around, I, I, uh, I want to look through the, um, if there's like a desk or anything up here, if, uh, there are spare typewriter ribbons, or if the typewriter doesn't even belong here. Um, yeah, so opening, yeah, uh, opening the drawers, you can see kind of knickknacks and all that. On the bottom drawer of the desk where the typewriter sits, you do see spare ribbons. So she does have a typewriter. She could have typed it. I'll discuss it with the others when they come down from the ladder. Um, sure. And you can hear them kind of coming down. So I, I, I go over to say anything interesting up there? Just some phantom sounds. Mm. Yeah, it's very, very odd. I mean, it's probably, probably rats, or it's just an old building shifting, I guess. But mm. considering really considering the uh, the ghost room, there could be ghosts all through this house. It sounds ridiculous when I say it, but how how old is this house, by the way? Um, it was clearly built when the area was uh, was in its prime, so to speak. If you remember, um, I mentioned last episode that this area used to be quite an expensive part of town. But uh, with the immigrants coming in, they had to put them someplace that wasn't Manhattan. So Small they kind of just... Stone. Early, early yeah. 1800s, probably. Yeah. Okay. It was... Um, it, in if taken care of, uh, well, I mean, it is it is kind of relatively taken care of. It's dusty and old, but it's maintained. I'm just thinking that because it's an old house, it's probably creaky for being a an old well, house. 
it's yeah. probably it's probably brick on the outside, so there's not much settling it's going to do. Um, um, what what time of day is it? Is evening. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's like nine o'clock on the ninth. Well, that that could explain it. Evening, just shifting. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple well, of things that don't make any sense. One is that the typewriter is definitely from here. Why would she go to the trouble of typing out a message when she could just well, handwrite it? She handwrites if everything. If it's not in her, if she didn't write it, then whoever wrote it probably can't duplicate her handwriting. That's that's probably true, but why what what is the typewriter person trying to accomplish? They want us just to imagine that she's left and gone away and right and for us to it any further. Yeah, I mean that's that's at least what I'm getting from this. Or are they trying to to deceive us in some way that she's still nearby, but uh they want us to go elsewhere to look for her. Whichever it is, they clearly knew that someone was going to come looking for her. Here's the thing, too. If our story, if, if in fact, Timothy has run off with this woman, which a great deal of this seems to indicate that that's the case, wouldn't you say? I mean, he obviously was having an affair with her. There's a picture of her in the bedroom that he painted and, and everything else. For the sake of the others downstairs who would probably want to chime in on this conversation, can we assume that you guys are done with your exploring? We're, we're walking, yeah, we're walking down the stairs where they are, we'll say. Sure. And so by this time, um, by this time, you, every, everyone's kind of on the first floor. Um, so you guys are having this conversation. Go ahead, Felix. Well, like, I, like you say, there's just, there are so many things, just little bits of like the picture the little bits and pieces the picture um very valuable book the the these things that just you would expect someone would would take with them if you were going to clear out in a hurry there there are certain things sentimental things valuable things that you you would make room for you would take with you yeah even if even if it was an emergency, you'd think, well, you know, the, the, you know these are my prized possessions. I'd, I'd at least take these one or two things with me. Or, this is just my opinion on, like, you know, maybe they didn't have the time to gather what they wanted. They could have been forced out, like, via guns, you know. I... If we can establish... Okay. We are somewhat, I would say, occult investigators. That's what we've been doing for a while now. We know there's something upstairs in that room. William was possessed, if you will. They've somehow brought something, been attempting to bring something through or contact something they may have made an attempt to run away and something got to them first we see the 
the broken uh, uh, salt on the front porch. Could. But what if this corresponds in time to what happened to Arthur Tucker hmm. across town? That's a good point in terms Whatever of... Whatever was, was here went there and killed him as well. In terms of the time frame, if it was the same time, is this two weeks ago we think they disappeared? Or is it more than that? It's hard to say that there was no date, but I mean, Timothy went missing like th nearly three weeks ago at this point. And, uh, Maybe and Arthur, respond, but... yeah, Arthur died like five days ago. You know what? You know what? I'll go into the kitchen uh, quickly, and I'll check to see. Uh, I'll check the refrigerator. How about that? Well, we've already looked in there. It looks like they oh, were they were cooking something or about to cook pasta, and they left. They left the food sitting there on the on the counter. Could could it be a ritual gone wrong? No, I think that they were in the middle of cooking and they had to run out of here. And, and, and so, yeah, so the food isn't like spoiled or rotten or anything, is it? The food, I mean, the food, the food is old. It's not, it's, it's mainly vegetables. Um, so it's not, I would say it's, it's spoiled, but it's not like decomposing. You right said it like was that. wilted last time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, okay. it's, yeah. And the refrigerator hasn't had power for a while. So, so everything in there is just spoiled. Yeah. Uh, as far as leaving behind valuable books, I'm not so sure that these were her books. I think that she was translating things that she was borrowing from or that the, the university was lending her in order to translate. Um, even, even something like Una Sprechlich and Kulten, it's obvious she, she was in, in the process of translating it. Mm -hmm. uh, but if she was running out of here yeah, see, if she was planning on running away with Timothy, there would be signs of planning. There's no planning here. Right. Yeah. I agree. So they're trying to escape from somebody or something. Possibly the 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 crooks in uh, New York that were chasing yeah. Timothy. Um, another. I want to see if I got this correct. Maybe it could be someone was looking for something. Like they broke in. Does it look like any kind of... Oh. No, it just, yeah. It, it looked like, it looks like they, they made it an escape. Um, or maybe they were taken by force without much of a struggle. It could be that too. Um, when you say that, I'll Tom? mention... Oh. When you say that, I'll mention the drag marks on the kitchen floor. Drag marks? What do you yeah. what, show us? The scratch marks on the floor with the blood. She I think he may have been forcibly removed. Well, that would actually make that would actually make a lot more sense. They're cooking, you know, in the process of cooking supper, and then somebody basically, you know, dragged them out, and that's why we have all this mess. That's just what um. Thomas, yeah. Does it does there look to be like any forceful entry on like the doors or anything like that? Mm, 
No, not really. I mean, other than the fact that when Felix looked at the lock, he can he saw that the insides were clearly broken. Mm. Uh, so, so yeah. the mechanism would not. It's completely loose. Let's um, let me get my flashlight, and I'm going to go to the front door and open it up and look around on the porch outside. Maybe in the in the is there any residual snow or anything on the ground? Um, a lot of the snow has uh, has melted. It's it's uh, early April, so the, so it's kind of fluctuating between well, snowing. I want, there, I want to see if there's any kind of drag marks, as if somebody was being dragged out of here. Maybe maybe something got dropped in the process. Or... From what you can tell, no, not really. If it's been a while, um, then the snow has come and gone. Um, if it's been, you know, if it's been you know, two hours, you probably wouldn't be able to tell. Just, to clarify, just there. to clarify with the, the, the lock in the front door, mm -hmm. um, when, when I saw that it, it, it was, it was broken, um, I mean, did it look like it had been, um, Bethesda or, um, had it, had it been forced? It looks like it had been forced open and thus breaking it. Right. Somebody broke in while they were cooking. Yeah. Are there any marks around there? Like maybe somebody used a crowbar or something like that to pry um, Felix, go ahead and give me a locksmith. Ninety-five. Yeah. Out of sixty. Yeah. It it's a it's a broken lock. Yes, it's broken. Here's a, here's a, something though that lock broke. That may be very important. There's a pot of water on the stove. Now, had they not turned the fire on yet? That's a good or, question. Because either the water would boil away, or yeah, they were grabbed, or they decided they had to leave and they turned the flame off. No, I still, I still like the idea they were like forcefully kidnapped like before they... But if they were suddenly surprised, if somebody broke in and held them at gunpoint and dragged them off into the night, why did they bother to turn the fire off under the pot of water? Maybe the pot wasn't on. Maybe they didn't put on. I've got or they or the assailants took the fire, or they turned the fire off after. What's I've that? Got a, I've got a question, um, and it might be I can't just remember it clearly. But do you remember back some episodes ago when it sounds like Tally turned up at Timothy's house? Yes. So why, if they were together, would she be turning up at the house? And, or was she delivering a letter to his wife? She said she was going to, and then she didn't. She was going to tell him about the affair. Okay. Tell her about the affair. Yeah, okay, right, that makes sense then. So they probably most likely are together. And Tommy, so, when, you, when Tommy, you see the scratch marks, is it like one hand? Kind of like... Uh, you, you can all see it clearly. It's, it's both hands. Right. 
it's 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 kind of piecemeal like one nail drags in longer i know there's blood yeah there's some there's some there's some uh some speckles of blood uh, maybe like a a, a line of blood in the crevice william and tommy i'd like you to give me intelligence rolls Ninety-nine. Sixteen. Nine. Give me one. Give me one second. Come on, William. Snap out of it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, can we go to the zoo after this? <laughs> All right. All right, Tommy. There you go. I got it, yes. Um... Trying to remember? Yeah, I'm trying to. Sure. If you want to move on, I'll. But then I'll come back. Up. Sure. Yeah, we can. We can do it. Um, all right. So uh, yeah, you go ahead and look through your notes. I know you got them. Um, all right. Anything else you want to do in the house? You guys have pretty much thoroughly searched it. Um, you've gone to every single room. Anything else you want to do, or you want to head back to your hotel? I went to go to the zoo. <laughs> I planted that thought in your mind. Uh, yeah, I guess we're gonna go back. Should we? Should we go visit Miss Tucker and tell her that her that it's in fact turned out that her husband's having an affair and that he's run out on her? I mean, really, that that turns into the end of that story if you think about it. Unless, yeah, unless we could find her. Also, also stops is getting twenty five dollars a day. Well, I was going to make exactly <laughs> that point. That's yeah, funny. no, you know, I. But I was I was going to phrase it in the term in terms of um, we owe it to our client. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To try and find out where he's where he's gone. Okay. I I agree with Felix there. Uh, I say let's continue on until we have more further evidence. Then, then tomorrow, yeah. I suggest we we visit uh, Columbia University and uh, see if we can find who this guy is, this guy guy, at uh, probably at the the low library. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, somebody who needs her to do translations. I don't know what he'll know. Maybe he'll just know that, you know, she likes to hang out in Connecticut or something. I don't know. Before we leave, I'm going to take up as much as I can of the books. I'm going to return him to the low Memorial Library. Really? Okay. Why? Why not? Is somebody bringing the big black book? I've got that. Mm-hmm. And I have that book that the other one that I found, the one that the Russian one. When you tried to stick in your pocket. Yes. Let's go back to the hotel and order room service or something. Alright. There's 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 a name that keeps popping in my head. Its name is uh George Fulton. And I, I can't quite shake it. George Fulton? He, he, that, was, he was from the Silver Star Enterprises. 
Oh yes, the the philanthropist yeah. guy, the uh, the sewers guy. Yeah, he he was a guy that turned up asking the nosy neighbour about Tally. He followed Tally or was chasing Tally. So here we go. Tally goes to Timothy's house to let the wife know what's going on, changes her mind, and George Fulton, owner of this big company, corporation, follows her. They follow her back to the apartment and they try and either abduct him and are successful, hence the blood and the nails, or they chase them. Crime solved. Why would why would the insurance company want to do something like abduct them? Uh, Silver Star Enterprises, uh, what Felix Fowler, William and Tommy, well, not William and Tommy, they read a newspaper article about it. But from what they know, um, they do basically everything. It's it's not insurance. They're not an insurance company. They're uh, they're basically venture capitalists. They're they're men of industry. They were involved in rezoning, and the guy also donated a huge amount of work for, to the city free of charge. Yeah, Staten Island's sewage system was completely renovated as of George Fulton, the president of the company. To give the deep ones better access. Should we, um, should we tell, um, Timothy's sister, Bethany, what we suspect. That we're still looking for him, but that we suspect that he may have run off with the woman. Or should we keep that a secret until... I guess you guys want to get paid more, so maybe we'll keep that a secret. I think I think that could be a wise move, though, because it then gets Bethany on your side, because was it Clifton she quite liked? Who was it? Felix. Felix. It was, uh, yeah, Felix. Oh, Felix. Okay. It could be that Felix, you know, discreetly talks to her and she then continues to help us try to chase it down any further. Or we don't tell them and get the money. Well, even if we tell her, maybe she keeps it from Samantha until we know for sure. But we need, we need to track them down and find out where they are. I say, don't tell any, don't tell any of the sisters. Do you know, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, we want to discover if he's dead or alive. Potentially. The thing is, is that statistically, if he's run off with some woman, they could have gone to a South Sea Island somewhere. We'll never, ever find them. If this is 1930. One, it would be easy to disappear if you wanted to. Fact, I wouldn't even have to go that far. They could just go to another state and we'd never find them. I'm not opposed to telling, but at the same time, I don't know if it necessarily helps us in any way or we're, or we're, we're still in a stage where we're still speculating. I, I, mean, under, I We found the original note back in his, in his, uh, what, his room or his bedroom? His study. His study that we pretty much knew then that he had a mistress. Um, in fact, I think one of you even mentioned it in front of his wife. Um, I think it raised her eyebrow, but she didn't 
pursue it. But, but I guess what I'm saying is we've known this, I think, for some time. This kind of confirms it. But it still doesn't tell us anything about where Timothy or Tally are or is. Well, I was, I was actually thinking more from a compassion point of view. At this point, Bethany and Samantha think that he's either in hiding or he's dead. But that's what I mean. Like, uh, if it were me, that necessarily that would just lead to worry and fret. To me, that doesn't. Well, seem yeah, well, they're already worrying and fretting. But if they think that he's just run off with some woman, it might be angry. angry. Yeah. Okay, all right. But you I wouldn't just, be worried. Okay. I don't. I don't know. Um, I I say don't tell them anything until we have more, you know, concrete evidence because then that gets them worrying and. Yeah, you know. Fowler's probably right. It, it, you're right too, Tommy. It's, it's yeah, but, uh, sooner, sooner or later, they're going to want something. Well, as we'll give them, the, we'll give them more. We'll, we'll we'll give them more information when it, you know, when they want stuff. Right now. Well, can I can I just point out too that, as far as I know, the last time we saw Timothy, or the last location that Timothy Tucker was seen was at the theater. And he was not with Tally at that point. So we don't even know at this stage whether or not they're together. Um, there's scratch marks on the floor that as if she were, as someone broke in here and grabbed her and drug her out. I mean, that doesn't, to me, that tells me she was probably alone. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. She was How much pasta is on there? How much pasta is it like? Yeah, did it look like she was cooking for more than one person? I mean, it was just a, a box that was tipped over. Yeah. So there's no real way of uh, of knowing. But to speed things along, um, we'll say that you guys get to the hotel. Is anything, are you guys going to do anything um, before you go to sleep? Like I said, I drop them off and then I go back to my place. Sure. Um, I think I am going to. Um, I am going to roll a willpower roll, and if I fail it, I look into Unash Brecklick and Colton. Otherwise, I'm going to wrap it up in brown paper and get it ready to send it to the Arcane Society. Does that sound fair? Are you uh, going to ask any of us what we think? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead and, and, and roll. Let's see. I failed. I got a 99. So... This so you look at it means that I set it on the table and I'm like, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. I flip it open. Okay. Of course I can read German. So, well, I mean, uh, if you, how long are you going to read it? I got a 99. <laughs> okay. So you're going to read it for some time. Um, it takes, no, I'm not supposed to. Yeah. Um, Go ahead and then give me, if you're going to read it for that long, go ahead and give me 1d6 uh, sanity loss, and then you can add uh, two to Cthulhu Bethos. Four. 
Oh, your mask, Tommy, to make him a cup of tea, and then he's going to bed. <laughs> Anybody else? Is anyone else going to do anything? I'm going to bed. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to bed too. All right, Felix. We're going to start with you. Go to sleep, and at some point in your dream, you find yourself standing in your bedroom's bathroom. You can see the, 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 you can see wisps kind of exuding off of the items in, in the bathroom. Uh, the, the sink is where you're standing in front of, you're looking down into it. Uh, the door to your right is, is cracked. Darkness, it's just pitch black. Am I, am I am I lucid? Am I aware that I'm dreaming? You're you're aware. It, it, it's like a it's like a bolt of lightning, like you were just kind of going about your dream, and now suddenly you're you're like semi conscious. If, if that's the case, I'm going to try and look in the bathroom mirror. You look into the mirror, and suddenly everything seems to dim around you. It's getting very dark. Your surroundings disappear. It's all gone. Except for the mirror in front of you. You can barely see your face in the shadow. You have a strong urge to reach out and touch the mirror. And as you raise up your hand, you do see uh, your reflected hand, but something seems different. Seems to be, it seems to belong to someone else. And that's when you look up to your face. But you realize it's, it's not your eyes. They're familiar. And that's when you recognize them. You know them. They're Trent Sterling's eyes. They're pleading for help and you step back uh, and suddenly you feel that you alone can save him in this moment. Uh, you can really save him. He's, he's trapped behind the mirror. He's trying to get out. Your heart is beating faster. Your breath is short. As you take a step back, uh, Trent steps forward. He tries to reach out to you, and then you see his face through the shadow. His skin is melting. Blood is pouring down his face over his eyes and neck. He's in agony. His arm and hand grasps for your help like a drowning man. His hand, mouth opens and closes. No sound coming out, but you can see that he's mouthing words. Help me. Help me, Felix. And that's when something washes over you. You know how you can help him. How you can release him from this prison. The one that should have been left needs to take his place. All right, now we're going to jump over to Hawk. Hawk, you're standing on what seems to be the precipice of darkness, staring out into emptiness. You know where this is. Something is throbbing in your ears, a pressure, sound. You feel like you're being pulled into the darkness. 
That's when you can hear a voice filled with fear. Hawk, why did he send me here? Why me? Help me, Hawk, help me! That's when a tearing sound, rending like an earthquake, an avalanche of noise rushes into your ears. Your vision tears asunder as mountains burst into your vision. They rise up, a biting wind in your face all around you. Suddenly, beyond the mountains, you see it. A huge eye opens, like the eye of some reptile. I would like Hawk and Felix to do Sandy Rolls. I got an eight. Okay. Uh, just take one. How about you, Felix? 75 out of 55. 1d3. <laughs> Three. Three. <laughs> All right. Jesus. <laughs> Hawk, really not my night. Hawk and Felix, you immediately shoot up in your beds. Um, you're, 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 you've woken up from your dreams. You're sweaty. You're panicked. And that's when you smell something. Smoke. I immediately jump up and I run to the door and I put my hand against it to feel if there's heat. It's cold. But you can smell it. You can smell You can smell fire. Felix, you smell smoke too. I run and I'm I look going. out the window. Yeah, I'm going to the window also. No, it's just the street. Nice and quiet. It's about three o'clock in the morning. Well, then I go searching for it. Okay. What about you, Felix? Um, I'm I'm going to get dressed. Okay. Um, everyone else, you, you're not sh thrown awake, but you kind of wake up when you smell the smells of smoke. Uh, so Tommy and uh, Henry, what do you do? Does the smoke smell like it's inside my room, or does it smell like um, it's sort of lingering in the hallways, or? It smells like it's 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 just kind of lingering. It, it, it's a, it's a soft uh, it's a soft smell. So it's not like hard. You don't see vapors around you. You just you can you can smell and taste a little bit of smoke, which is what woke you up from your dream. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go to the window to see if uh, perhaps the neighbors uh, across the street or whatever might be uh, something might be on fire out there. Yeah. Nothing out there. What about uh, what about you, Tommy? I know that Felix smokes. Does it smell like cigarette or cigar smoke? Smells like smells like a fire. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go to the door, open my bed and door, and look out. All right. Uh, Thompson, do you also open your door? Yeah, I'll I'll go to the. If I didn't see anything outside, I'll look look in the hallway to see if there's gathering smoke <laughs> in the hallway. Okay. Um. So let me remind everybody that you guys are all in a suite. So there's the live, the basic living area and then your rooms all can join into this living area, which then connects into the hallway uh, that leads to the hotel. So okay. it's, it's a large suite. Um, Hawk, Tommy, 
and Thompson. Felix is getting dressed, so he doesn't see this. What you very, the very first thing you see is glowing light from a paper bag on the wood coffee table of the living room. And it is on fire. Like fire is, it, it, it's, it's about to catch the, uh, the coffee table. You can see embers falling to, uh, to the rug. What in the hell? Who ordered the spicy food? And I, I go over there and I... Hawk. Put it out. As you rush over to bat it out, you see it's the money. Okay, I try even faster to uh, uh, grab something, a pitcher of water, and douse it. Yeah, the money, the ten thousand dollars, is all burnt to a crisp. Uh, I knew we should have spent it yesterday. Where's William? Is he out? Yep. That's what I'm getting to. Tommy and Henry, as Hawk is kind of betting the money, as you know, Hawk would. You're drawn to the window. It's fully open, the, the blinds. And you see William, and he's staring directly out. And you can't see his, you can't see his face, but you can hear whispers. And, ta- and uh, Hawk, when you, once you beat it out, mm-hmm. and you look around, you also see William. He's standing there. Felix, when you open your door to come outside, you see Hawk with like, standing in front of this like burnt crisp uh, uh, bag, this paper bag, the money kind of falling out onto the ground. William is standing by the window. Uh, Thomas, your your sound cut just a second. Did you say William was standing there looking out? Yes, he's standing out. He's he's standing in your room, looking out the window. Looking out the window. Okay. Yeah. William, are you all right? William. Wake up. You see William is actually staring out the window into the distance. And as you approach him, Tommy, and you know him well, you know, you see he's like um, a completely neutral almost blank look in his face and he's staring right as if he's looking right to the horizon but you hear him muttering something quietly under his breath I've already yelled and he doesn't seem to be responding at this point can I go closer and see if I can hear what he's saying sure um, when you get close you can you can hear the words that he's kind of muttering As, as Tommy, you approach me, it, what happens is it's almost as you get almost close enough to to kind of knock against me or, or be that near to me. Suddenly, William speaks out loudly so the, the other folk can hear as well. Out, out are the lights, out all, and over each quivering forum, the curtain, the funeral pall comes down with the rush of a storm while the angels all pallid and wan uprising unveiling a forum the play is the tragedy man and his hero 
the conqueror worm. And you see William starts blinking and he turns to you and says, oh, hi, Tommy. Yeah. I step around in front of him and close the window. Okay, so you draw the blinds. What was that last word you said there, Ken? Did you say worm? worm. The conquer, conqueror worm. He's quoting uh, Edgar Allan Poe. That's come up before that same poem. Oh. Yes, Hawk and Thompson. Uh, you know that poem. Give me an intelligence roll. If you can't remember automatically, I'll give you an intelligence roll. Uh, no, that that was an 81. Uh, 37, that's a, that's a hard. It was told to you by the young man. Um, I believe his name was Cecil. Uh, that was in Arkham Asylum uh, after helping the professor, a professor leader, doing his forgeries. When you approached him and you asked him questions, he began, he, 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 he kind of jutted forward and then quoted that and then just retreated. Mm. That's well, when... Oh, go ahead. William, William just says to Tommy, it just, it looks totally normal, Tommy, you know, to you. And it's just, yeah. And he just says, I was going out to sea and I was traveling across the sea. It was as if I was being sent and I was moving and rushing. It was so wonderful. And that's when you hear uh, from the window. There's somebody outside the window clapping. No. Uh, something hit the window? A yeah. bird? Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's when you hear the calling of uh, a crow. It's literally just like clinging to uh, the, 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 the grating of the window. William's like, ooh, and he kind of steps back a wee bit. It kind of creeps him out. You can't see it. The, 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 the blinds are drawn, so you can't All see right. it, but you can definitely hear it calling out. It's right there. And that's when you hear another one flutter and grab and begin calling out. Step, step away from the window, William. Come, come have a seat. What is that smell? Somebody burnt something? Um, and yeah. just, then, just then you notice that William is holding a book of matches in his hand. You hear that noise come from Thompson when he sees the match in your hand. <laughs> Are you all right, Mr. Thompson? You look you look a little faint. Only oh, just the bills on the outside edges burned. And, uh... Oh no, no, it's they're all gone. Hey, can you can you take the the remnants of it to the the bank? And oh no, that's it's the it's too. I don't think they do that this this early. It's also possibly there are possibly illegal bills. <laughs> Buying goes a holiday, guys. Probably, probably wouldn't have any way of tracing them back then. Um, that's when you hear another crow and another crow and another crow. They've been they're clinging to the windows and they're cawing out. William's like, "What is happening, Tommy? Maybe you should check." Yeah, I'm gonna go to the window. What did you did you close the window or you close the blinds? I closed the window. 
I didn't want him jumping out. Oh, the window wasn't open. Uh, it was just the blinds that were open. Oh, well, I closed the blinds because I didn't want him jumping out. Okay. I'll open the blinds and take a look to see how many crows we have. Uh, at least six, but you can see another one and another one, and they're all just cawing. And they all look as if their their, their heads are tilted up and their, their eye is looking right at you, Tommy, as you part the, the window. At me? Yeah. I really don't like this. Uh, I think William takes a sanity roll. He's yeah. Kind of out. Whoever, yeah, whoever wants to take a sanity roll, you can. I just yeah. failed by one. Yeah. William, will you get away from that lamp? It's creeping us all. Out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, go ahead. If you, if you failed, go ahead and roll. Uh, no, just take one. Just one. Yeah. Uh, Felix, you're fine. They conquer our world. I, All right. I don't like this. Uh, footsteps in the attic was was creepy enough, but crows. And they're, they're they just keep going. And they're out in the middle they're... of the night, which is insane. Um, yes. Yeah, crows? What that be? At least they're not ravens. Hmm. Did somebody give me these matches? Is this yours, Mr. Hawks? William, you burnt all of our money. <laughs> Crows, ravens, one, look, a COVID's well, a COVID. William takes another sanity roll for the money. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> oh, the humanity. To for me, which I'm not there. <laughs> so what do you guys want to do? It's just it, it, there's now at least a dozen crows just perched outside your windows, just cawing out. They're like perched on the uh, on the, uh, the the statuary uh, of the building. They're just cawing out, looking dead at any of you. They're not looking around like they're staring either at Tommy or at Hawk, William, Felix. They're staring at one of you. William goes into the kitchen. He hides. He's he's too scared. Okay, so William rushes into the kitchen. Um, you said they're staring at Tommy. That's they're it? staring at they're staring at whoever, like they're with a crow. You know, with birds, they kind of just stare blankly or just twitch their head. They're looking at you. They're looking at Tommy. Their their focus is directed at one of you, whoever happens to be closest. And they're just like peering at you through the window, and they're just lifting their heads up and cawing out. I walk over to the window. And I look into the bird's face and I say, what do you want? And, they just, and when you say that, they stop. Oh, shit. <laughs> Anybody got any bird, bird feet? Mm. And you guys can take sandy rolls for that. I mean, uh, who cares? Just throw around sandy rolls all day. Stop that. I'm taking a sanity roll for that one. One call for yes, two calls for no. <laughs> I, I just say to them, are you the spirits of the dead? And they just stare at you. And it takes a moment, but then they kind of flutter away. Nice little birdies. I feel like we should make like 
tinfoil hats or something at this point. We need some way to counter whatever is going on. Then, wham! Right into the window. A, a crow hits it. Window smashes. Ah, uh, jeez. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to instinctively just pull the curtains shut at this point. And when you pull the curtains, you can hear the crows are impacting the other windows. They're impacting the brick of the building. I thought we'd go to another hotel. Out of the room, yeah. <laughs> you can literally hear their bodies like hit, crumple, and fall. Cool. Let's go downstairs <laughs> and complain to the concierge. <laughs> yes. What's the meaning of this? You told us there were no crows here. <laughs> if only somebody had invented a golfing range at the top of the roof, we could have been <laughs> shooting them down. <gasps> we could have hit them with golf clubs. Exactly. Uh, let's get out of the room. Okay. Felix, did you by any chance take that um, sign of Solomon? Um, I believe that Dr. Thompson has that. Do I? Yes, you were going to go to the, um, the shul to ask about it at one point, but you didn't get around to it. Right. I'm wondering if you do. Did you need to take a look at it for some reason? I'm just wondering if you got it out, if you held it up or something. Or I mean, it's supposed to be like a sigil of protection. Maybe you need it for 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 demons, though, right? I mean, that's what the lore says. Or or crows. <laughs> well, if crows it's not possess- an angel, it's a demon. Uh, well, I'll, I'll. I mean, it won't hurt. Uh, at least I don't think it would. So I'll try it. I'll hold it up. Okay. They're messengers of Saruman. Sar- Sar- so, You've been uh, reading that Tolkien fellow again, haven't you? So you uh, you lift up the uh, the sigil, and the the birds just keep hitting. Yeah. Okay. Well, not working. Not working what, at all. What, what we need is a scarecrow. Uh, eventually, after about 15 thwomps, uh, that's all the crows. They're all dead. Well, that was a waste for, for them. Anybody a good cook? They're not good birds. What is this, Kentucky? Um, and the crow that's come in and it's br- broken through the glass, you can see it on the living room floor, just like twitching out of control. It's like neck is just like twisted one way. Yeah. Epstein, Mr. Epstein, kill it. I can't stand seeing things suffer. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just um, wring its neck. Okay. So uh, as you reach down, you can see it peering up at you and you can- Is there any blood? Oh yeah. All right, I'll make a constitution roll then. Okay. 40 to, I've passed that. All right. As you reach down, the eye, the eye peers up at you. And, I mean, it's a crow. Oh, it's looking at me. Yep, it's staring right into your know. eye. And you, can, right at me. and you can tell that there is malice. There's something about it that just conveys this 
hatred. And you just snap its neck. Yes. And it just goes limp. Mm. Chuck it out the window. Right? We need uh, to then go and wash my hands. Call downstairs and tell them there's been an accident. A flock of crows has crashed into the building. Broken our windows. A couple of you maybe from the living room or the, the, the main area here. Uh, William quietly kind of crying in the, in the kitchen. He went into the kitchen. He's, he's kind of sitting at a bar or a table or whatever it is that they've got in the kitchen. I'll, I'll go in the kitchen and check on So I, I just, as we talk, I just tell, tell you, Tommy, that I had this dream where it was a cold, cold place and there was these mountains and I was trying to get, trying to climb up to the top of the mountains and then I saw somebody standing like a silhouette and there was this horrible, horrible blackness and then and then there was a, a huge eye appeared and, I, and I, I thought I woke up but that was when I went into this kind of peaceful thing where I, I was travelling over the ocean and just seemed to be travelling and then you guys woke me up. Uh, William, William, what was that that you said about coming up behind somebody and there was a, an eye. I saw. Uh, he, he's kind of we, wee bit shaky telling the story, but I saw some as if I was behind somebody, and it was this cold, cold like wind flying about everywhere, and I saw this shadow, and I don't know who it is, and then he kind of looks at you, Hawk. It was like, me. As if you know. And uh, it's, uh, I, 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 there was this horrible blackness and I could feel some kind of like as if the wind was pulling you into the blackness and then suddenly this big, instead of the blackness, there was huge eye, like big slanty eye like that, mm-hmm. iris, appeared. And, and then I, I thought I woke up. I'll tell you what I told Tommy. I thought I woke up, but actually I was traveling over the ocean. Like it was... It was it was like suddenly it was a comforting thing, as if it was somewhere I knew where it was. Well, your your dream corresponds to mine. I was the guy on the hill on the mountain, looking out. I saw the eye too. I've seen it before. Well, you and I seem to be sensitive to whatever it is that's going on. You're more sensitive than I am, perhaps. Well, maybe you maybe you need to teach me how to control this, Mister Hop. Well, there's, there's definitely a group of people I would like you to meet after this is over. Back in Massachusetts. Okay, Tommy's pulled himself together. He wasn't, you know, a disaster, but he was just kind of affected by it all. Well, you saw it before? Where? In my mind. In the mirrors. That's why I don't like mirrors. Back in the back in that house in Massachusetts, I saw it there. I think I saw it in the in the university with the uh, the mirror that was fused onto the wall. Remember that? That was actually a oh, castle was, on a hill. That was Caleb. 
That wasn't you, William. Oh, Tommy. I, I, I had a strange dream as well. No, nothing like yours, but just very, very unnerving, very unsettling. It's the what nature of what we do. What time is it, Thomas? Is this in the middle of the night? Can we go back about, to bed? About 3.10. Yeah, if you guys were to go downstairs um, and let the uh, the front desk know, they'd say they'd probably send someone up in the morning to fix the window as soon as possible. Um, and they'd comp, uh, they'd probably comp the, uh, a few nights stay. Well, we need a new room. Yeah, and they'd probably give it to you. All right. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, we'll say it's the same basic setup, just a different area. So by three thirty, we've moved all of our stuff into the other room, and sure. And you guys go to sleep. Yeah, go to sleep. No issues. Um. Okay, so it is now morning, uh, the morning of the tenth. Uh, as a group, where would you all like to go? What's what's first on the agenda? Uh, Columbia University, you guys, what do you think? Um, I'm like, wherever you guys want to go, I'll take you. When I say, yeah, Columbia University would be our best bet. As Dexter pours syrup on his Denny's pancakes. Direct Denny's. I'm, I'm just having a, I'm not going to have any breakfast. I'm just going to have a coffee. And I'm going to stare at it more than I drink. Denny's didn't exist. This is Benny's. Oh, same hey, here. Benny, how you doing? Pretty Shut good, up, Felix. Um, does everybody agree? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, no, they shovel a few more pancakes. And um. All right. So, you know, we probably want to get there around ten. We don't want to get there earlier than that. Um, and we're heading for the the Low Memorial uh, Library. Okay. Um, when we arrive at the university, I don't know if we need to go through administration or whatever to uh, get on the campus. I don't know what they, what they did back yeah. then. Um, Campus is free to you know walk through. It's just it's a city campus, so you literally you literally could just walk into the uh, the low memorial if you knew where it was. Okay. Um. Well, I was going to say, what should we go to administration and ask, see whose name is Guy on their list of uh, you know st uh, staff. Um, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll walk into the administration office. What is everyone else going to do? Um, I think maybe William goes to the library just because I guess that's maybe where the rendezvous point is going to be after looking at the library. Yeah. I I head to the library as well. I'm 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 going to go with um, Hawk because um, I'm a fish out of water here. Okay. I'll back Hawk up as well. And Tommy? Um, I 
Do we want to stick with the upstairs downstairs crew? I'm oh, sorry, the upstairs crew and the downstairs guy. I, I figured we were all going to go to the library. I was just going to make sure that this guy person was in the library before we go there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if we necessarily. Well, whatever. Yeah, I'll go to the admin office too because I want to find out. You're you're looking for guy. I'm going to see if Tally works there. Okay. Ah, oh, good idea. Yeah. Um. All right, so we'll do uh, the group going to admin first and then the library. Um, so, um, as you approach, there's a mild-mannered woman there, just a secretary. She's behind like one of those long counters. Um, she smiles up at you and says, uh, welcome to Columbia University, gentlemen. Um, what can I help you with? How are you this evening? Um, I was told- You mean morning. Yeah, whatever. Um, what did I say? Evening. It's fine. It's okay. Good morning. Uh, sorry, it's been a long night. Uh, uh, I was supposed to meet with somebody here, and the only name I have is Guy. Is I don't know if it's a professor Guy, or if it's somebody on staff at the library, or if that was their first name. Give me a fast talk. Uh, 23, what's my fast talk? Where is fast talk? Yeah, it's 30, so I passed. Okay. And she, uh, she smiles at you, and she says, well, let me get a, a directory, and I'll uh, let you know. And she kind of walks uh, around the counter, grabs a little binder, just begins swimming through. She looks up at Joseph, and you said the uh, library? I'm pretty sure he's associated with the library, or possibly, uh, like, literature, or something like that. Oh, all right. And she begins uh, checking. And she says, well, we have a, a, a guy, Jules. Um, he's a head librarian. Yeah, that's it. That's him. Okay. Uh, do you need me to uh, to ring him up? Maybe he's in his office. Oh, uh, well, we were going to head over to the library anyway. That's, that's the, the uh, Memorial Library, the Low Memorial Library. Yeah, if you just go up uh, a couple blocks, you'll see it there. It's on the on the corner. Thank you very much. She smiles and says, uh, is that everything, gentlemen? And Miss, by any chance, do you have a name there for Tally Darby? Is she, is she a professor here? Give me a persuade. Put my hand on my gun. <laughs> Listen, lady, you better tell me everything. If she's brought Forty-seven. Do I even have persuade? Oh yeah, I do. Yes, I'm quite persuasive. All right. So you can you flash her a smile, um, and you're just like, oh, you're very nice. You're not trying to charm her, but you're just you know very nice, yeah. very passive. Yeah. Um, and she says, well, let me go ahead and see. And uh, she begins looking through, uh, and she says, um, I'm not seeing anything in here. Um, give me just one moment. And she leaves the front desk. Um, there's a typist in the back, so you're not alone. But it takes her a little while. Then she comes out. And you see that she's got, she has a file in her hand. Um, and she approaches and says, we, uh, we don't have a professor by that name. Um, but uh, Mr. Jules has her down as a consultant. Um, we pay her a stipend. Hmm. Have you written any stipends to her lately? Um, I don't believe that we've uh, 
we, we printed out a, any checks for her lately. Um, Mr. Mr. Jules usually sends us with an invoice. And he, he hasn't submitted anything recently? Not that I can see. Okay. And she kind of flashed you a smile. All right, thanks. Thank you for your help. Anything else, gentlemen? I believe that would be it. And she uh, and she smiles as well. Well, thank you. Um, can I? And she kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, just kind of like goes like this. Can I ask uh, uh, what exactly uh, you're, you're you're looking for? Uh, why you need to speak with Mr. Jules? Oh, uh, we were interested in having something translated, and uh, we'd heard we'd heard about Mrs. Uh, Miss Darby. Uh, was an excellent translator. Oh. I have an old German text. And she smiles and nods and says, well, I'm sure that, uh, that Mr. Jules will be able to help you right out with that. And she just kind of smiles and walks back into the, uh, the records room and closes the door. All right. So with that, are you going to head to the, uh, the library? Yeah. I'm going to say that everyone converges there then. Yeah. You, you guys now have the, the same information. Uh, Guy Jules is the head librarian. All right. All right. Okay. So uh, you enter into um, Low Memorial, and it is a it's a it's a big library. Pretty sure it's like uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's three stories right now in 1920. Okay. Um, I mean, it's an Ivy League school, so it's an enormous library. Old text, new text, you name it. Um, there are students all over. It's in the middle of a of a of a school day, um, in in the middle of April. So like there there's classes just started. Um, you can see librarians kind of walking around. Um, what would you guys like to do? Well, I, I go up to the very first librarian that I see, and I say, "Excuse me, Miss, if it's a Miss or Sir, if it's a it's sir. a Miss." And I say, "Excuse me, Miss, uh, I'm looking for." Uh, uh, the head uh, librarian, Mr. Jules. And what is this pertaining to? What business do you have asking me that? I, I have business with them. Give me... I'm not going to say this. I'm going to say intimidate. Everybody's so fucking nosy in this place. <laughs> I got an 08. Uh, she immediately is taken aback. She's you know, she's like, oh, and she, I'll I'll grab him. And just uh, well, just, just tell me where he is. I'll go there. Well, he's the head librarian. He's not. He's he's behind desk. He doesn't walk around putting books away. Ah, uh, thank you. Um, and she just kind of nods meekly and, and kind of shuffles away. When she goes away, William says to. Clifton, did we bring that big black book? Uh, no. Okay. That's uh, wrapped up in my in my room. Okay. Um, and you guys can see that uh, that past the desk, um, she kind of goes through a door. After a few moments, um, she and a man, um, he is middle age. Um, uh, it's kind of slicked back, greasy hair, um, glasses. Uh, he's wearing a sweater vest of, uh, of Columbia's colors. Um, and they're talking, and she just kind of points over to your uh, your group. And he nods and puts his hand on her shoulder and nods and smiles and then kind of walks over. And he says, uh, can I help you, gentlemen? I'm Mr. Jules. Uh, Mr. Jules, very nice to meet you. 
Um, is there some place where we can speak without you know, making noise? Just we have uh, some questions concerning uh, Miss uh, uh, Tally uh, Darby. And when you say that, his face kind of shifts. He he, be, he kind of is shocked by that. Like you can kind of see the color drain from his face. Um, he says. Do you know where she is? Um, no, that's kind of what we wanted to discuss with you. We wanted to know more about her. Um, um, we'll we'll explain if we can if we can go someplace private. Yes, my my office is just past the desk, uh, gentlemen. If you if you would please, and he kind of waves you um, to follow, and he just kind of leads you to the back. Okay. Um, and you guys kind of go through the uh, the the archives in the back. You go through the uh, the sorting. Uh, into a uh, into an office, very small. Um, there's not enough chairs for you guys. You're gonna have to stand. But he sits down at his desk and says, "So, what about Tally? Um, I haven't heard from her in, in 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 a couple days." Well, it's kind of a complicated story at this point. Uh, we are our private investigators who were hired. Uh, by a, uh, a a woman, a local woman. Um, it would seem, at least at this point, that uh, this woman's husband was having an affair with Miss Darby, and that they've both disappeared. And we're we're in fact trying to locate uh, both of them, uh, mainly because we want to make sure that they're okay. Um, well, you you seem to have indicated that she's missing for you too. Well, Tally was supposed to um, send over a, a draft of a translation um, a few days ago. Um, we have uh, we found some some pieces in France recently by some scholars around Paris in a town called uh, Aldora in Spain, and she was translating them for us. Um, and we were supposed to get a draft. I was supposed to get a draft sent in the mail a typed out draft and I haven't gotten anything. It's very likely that she disappeared perhaps as long ago as two weeks. Have you received any message or communication from her since then? No, no. Mm. Um, now, did she normally type out her translations to you? Well, yes. And he kind of chuckles and says, uh, we don't, you know, use longhand uh, translations for mass print we use typed. But um, oh, well, I would think that you would take whatever translation she had and send it to a publisher. To oh no, sort of stuff. Uh, a publisher won't really take longhand translations. It's all typed now. But um, no, the man she was seeing, uh, his name was Timothy, correct? That's correct. You know something about Mr. Tucker. Tally mentioned him. And you say that uh, they were together. That's what it would seem, yes, at first. Well, that's what I inferred as well. Um, Did she speak well of Mr. Tucker? Oh, yes, yes. She said that they were close. Um, They've become very close in recent months. Um, 
Do you have any idea how they met? Did she ever tell you? She said something about helping him, but she really didn't go into very much detail. Tally was a very, um, well, she's young. She's very withdrawn, especially uh, due to her appearance. She's a, she's a pretty Middle Eastern woman and foreigners around, uh, around New York don't do particularly well. Well, she must be well educated if she, if she translates from so many different languages. Oh, uh, Tally is is a wonder. <laughs> she, uh, well, she actually, um, she went to school here when she was about uh, when she was sixteen. Hmm. She's uh, uh, she's uh, she's a uh, uh, what's the word uh, uh, a polyglot. Uh, I've seen her. And you won't believe me when I say this. I've seen her fluently read and write at least 12 languages. Mm, she's a hyper polyglot. Ex exactly. Um, after she was a student here, but uh, after her, her mother died, um, Tally left. She never graduated. Um, she was, uh, she and I, uh, she she would work here a little bit doing translations and when her mother died and she left uh, i kept her on initially uh, out of pity but uh now out of necessity as you can uh clearly see i see um did she ever speak of any place like that she liked to frequent as i say we're trying to locate the two of them did she seem like the kind of a person who would run off Tally's young. Young people will do stupid things, but uh, but her parents were dead. Yes. Um, yes, her father. Um, he was a he was a Brit. He he died some time ago. I'm I'm not really sure. Um, but her mother died uh, during uh, the influenza, uh, and Tally left to take care of her. And when she died. Tally just never came back. What year was that? Um, nineteen twenty-two, I believe, is when her mother died. She was seventeen. Well, then she wasn't that young. She was twenty, twenty-seven, twenty-eight years old. She's twenty-six now, I believe. Um, still young. She's a very. Uh, but she wasn't under any kind of guardianship. She didn't have a... Oh, no, no. Um, which begs the, the question of why she would run off. I... Like she was running away from what her parents wanted her to do. I have a quick question for you there. And he looks up at you. Um, has her, like... Has her, like... Has there been a strange, like attitude or anything like that with Tally or anything like you know and when you, kind of, when you say this the, that, that, that same look that kind of color drain appears in his face um, he says listen I would like to help you find uh, Timothy and, and Tally. I know that Timothy is 
their main concern. But um, I won't go into too much detail, but uh, I'd like to help you and I'd like you to help me. Mm -hmm. uh, I fear it may be too late. Um, I'd like you to um, to continue this um, after business hours, of course, when the, the library is closed. Um, so, and he opens up a drawer, and he, uh, he 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 begins writing down an address. He says, "I'd like you to um, to meet me uh, here at around seven um, after uh, I leave uh, work." I look at the address. What is it? A is it a house? Is it a? Um, it's six hundred one West one hundred forty seventh Street. It's in uh, Upper Manhattan. It's um, it's near some businesses and stuff like that. Is this your residence? I say to him, and he chuckles and he says, uh, "It may as well be." Um, no, it's the uh, the New York Arcane Society. Ah, okay. Ah, and I give him the the super secret symbols. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we needed that. I thought you meant you give him some cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. A for A. Rather. That's a rather a rather uh, rakish way of of greeting each other. Uh, and, he, and he says, uh, uh, this is usually where I go after, after my work hours. Um, I'll have to gather the others there. Um, yes. If you, if you could, I, you don't know me and I don't necessarily know you, but if you're looking for Timothy, you're certainly going to be looking for Tally, I imagine. And, yes. And, uh, well, I'll have to discuss it with the others, but I think that, uh, We'll be working together very soon. And he, and he seems very nervous. He seems very concerned. Okay. And he says, uh, I never got your names. Um, I'm Clifton Hawk. I'm a private investigator from Massachusetts originally. I'm um, Henry Postgate. <laughs> <laughs> Felix Epstein. <laughs> Bamboni. Professor Henry Thompson. And, he, and he's standing up and shaking all your hands. And with Mr. Fowler. And, uh, and Fowler extends his hand, but, but uh, Guy is currently shaking Thompson's. And he says, I think I've seen you before. Or, yes, around the lounge. So you're you, and I, I've heard your name, and he points at Hawk. You're. Uh, your members. I oh, am, yeah. uh, yes. Of the uh, original uh, Arcane Society in uh, Arkham, Massachusetts, yes. 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 Are you in the inner circle? You could say that. Nobody ever talks about the inner circle. <laughs> he nods. He nods. Um, as well, I think that you could help us a great deal. Um, 
what I'm going to be telling you tonight is of the utmost importance. Uh, I think that Tally and Timothy's life could be in danger. Yeah. William, William says, my name is William. I, <laughs> I, he, see, I see dead people. Do you, say, do you say that? No. Okay. Well, no, and yeah. He, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, I do. I, say, I, I see dead people sometimes. And he kind of uh, raises an eyebrow and he says, uh, you have the gift. He's quite sensitive. And he nods. Uh, and he kind of gives a, a light smile, but you can see that it's uh, it's a little pain. Um, and he says, well, um, I'm certain that you all can help me. Uh, and you too, and he points at uh, Tom and, and Fowler. I know you, and he points at Fowler. Your, your face is all over the, the billboards. Yeah, it is. You're that radio host. Uh, I don't really listen to that. Um, but uh, uh, you're you're very popular, I hear, with the with the students. Many of the details have been changed to protect those around them from. Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm I'm very certain. How about you, young man? And he smiles at you, Mr. Jules. Did you just say their life can be in danger? And he 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 kind of reverts back to that depressed, solemn look. He says, "Yes." Do you, are you certain they're still alive? If I'm correct, yes. I, however, believe that they're in grave danger. Danger the likes of which we've never seen before. Well, Mr. Tucker has, a lot, has a lot of danger on, on his heels already anyway. The kind that's not so unusual. Well, this is. Are you able to tell us where you think they are? Right now, no. I don't. And he leans in. Is I don't know if I can trust you and I don't think I can trust anyone in the office. We'll talk at your uh, at the uh, society headquarters in New York. And he, and he nods. He says, but uh, young man, I believe that they're useful and thus they're not dead. That's my hope, at least. Well, I understand you may not trust this and have to be careful as to who you're giving out information to, but I just want to remind you that he has family right now that are extremely worried and concerned. So if there's anything you can tell us, like to just alleviate some of their worry and panic, I, uh, I'm sure that would go a long way. And he looks at you, Tommy, and he says, unfortunately, what I may tell you may put more worry. But um, well, until seven. Uh, and he smiles and, and nods um, and says, uh, oh, and he reaches into his, uh, into his pocket 
and he pulls out a key ring and there's there's a whole bunch of keys on there but he removes one from a separate ring attached to it and he says that this is a a key to the the library uh, the back door specifically and he holds it out to thompson i'll take it and he says um if you ever need to do any looking around Research. If you know what I mean. Yeah. He nods. Um, I don't believe that Klaus will allow you into the uh, into our, and he kind of looks at Hawk and Thompson, our uh, facilities, but you can certainly use these ones. Thank you. All right. And with that, I think that we should call it. Next next week, we'll, we'll just kind of flash forward to... Uh, the Arcane, Arcane Society. Society. Cool! I didn't even know there was a New York branch. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go into that. Don't worry. All right. Oops. Uh, our players included Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, Corey Highstead, Ken Trench, Wayne Worthy, and myself. With Thomas McKean is the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows, free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We love reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.